and we're back. Um, uh, I thought that I was thought weird. You were did you hear that? Do yeah, Christmas I... carols, but I heard some. Yeah, did you hear that demon? Oh my god. Someone needs to take that girl to therapy. Poor thing. Anyways, um, yeah. anyone, Jessica, don't come to me unless you have <laughs> gifts. Uh, <laughs> I come bearing gifts. Jessica's. Oh, except your wife. I'll be going yeah. to your wife bearing gifts. So, you know, <laughs> let's hope she doesn't like kick my ass now. <laughs> yeah, let's hope she's not listening at the moment. But uh, um, speaking of uh, uh, carols and gifts, uh, uh, we thought we'd make a, you know, a show about Christmas carols uh, in particular. Um Ones that involve Todd Haynes. <laughs> yeah, ones that involve Todd Haynes. Uh, should we talk about like our? Do you have like a Christmas canon? What's your Christmas experience with movies? Do you have one? It's kind of depressing. So okay. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, so I would get kicked out of the classrooms when they okay. would show Christmas movies. So I'd go to the library or be outside, uh-huh. um, and just kind of embarrassed. I remember listening to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, but my teacher made me face the wall. Oh no! Yeah, so and it's uh, Rudolph too. So and it it's has Rudolph like symbolic and, weight there. Yeah, and also that was going to be my name if I would have been a boy. Thank the Lord, I came out the way I did because my dad was like, "Nope, she's coming." My dad named me, uh, and it's just like I'm hearing this movie, and it's about like this reindeer that's that's an other and isn't loved. And then I did turn around and I saw the little dolly that isn't that you know because you know she's broken. And yeah. I was related to the little doll. <laughs> so every time I come watch Rudolph, I'm going to start crying. I always cry when the little girl's like the little dolly before they get picked up and they're going to go find their homes. Because with Sienna, she's like, I have only, I have no dreams. And she starts crying. And I'm just like, that's me. That's me. And then I got in trouble because I saw, you know, 10 seconds of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And my mother was telling me I was going to be in like damnation when Armageddon came and no, I uh, started celebrating Christmas when I was 18. So I very much look at it through like a child's lens, very similar okay. to probably where your daughter is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love meeting Sienna's. Um, I get a kick out of meeting reindeers and elves, especially at <laughs> Snowflake Lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I mean, I just did my side of photo. My boyfriend and I get matching sweaters and we go hang out and meet Santa. And this Santa was kind of cool. He They acted like, you know, pretend you found the mistletoe and then Santa pretended he wasn't peeking. I was at Pike Pike Place Market the other day. I was like, what is this? Is this like a Santa convention? There oh, Santa so Con. Santas. Yeah. No, no, it's Santa Con. God, no, that is. What is it? Um, is it it's a bar hop? It's I a imagine? bar hop that started okay. in the early 2000s. And I used to work at a bar and I was a bar back. Hmm. And they're just the root. Just look up like Santa Con Carnage. It is terrible. Like just <laughs> it's good for y'all for like getting together especially pokes pandemic hmm. but just take your alcohol in strides like it was looking bad when i was there i was there pretty late i was must have been at the tail end of it driving around yeah no. and it was I'm, getting western mm-hmm. out there i was gonna say i hope you wrapped your car in plastic because it could have <laughs> well, been bad someone forgot their wallet in the car so i had to drive out to the uh santa con in the middle of it and uh yeah i mean they yeah, were so folks all right. They were they were very happy. Yeah. Too happy. Yeah, it's when they get that creepy happy where I'm like, lay off the Prozac, please. They're all dressed me. as Santa anyway, so it feels like you're walking into like silent night, deadly night. Um, <laughs> garbage day. <laughs> garbage <the> day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, That's exactly <laughs> how it felt. Someone came up to the side of my car. Garbage day. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it, it's it's bad times. But yeah, I, I've really <laughs> learned to like love, um, you know, Jesus's birthday because we all know he's an Aries because only an Aries would make you celebrate his birthday and so, make you get presents for him. And I say this as an Aries. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm my, very aware. My wife was like telling me the other day, she's like, you know, that, uh, you know, he wasn't really born on this month. I'm like, you're you're like making this up or this is like part of your programming as a child. She's like, no, let me look it up. And she's like, well, yes, in fact, that is a part of my Mormon programming. That, uh, it, it is. Joseph it is, Smith yeah. said that he was born in April or something, you know, like. No, even Jehovah's Witnesses believe he was born in April. So it's not okay. her programming it, because no. like they're, you know, not well, it is. Biblical. She, I mean, she grew up like strictly Mormon. So it is, it yeah. is maybe part of that. But yeah, part of it. But, you know, yeah. the Jehovah's Witnesses were like, you know what? We're going to believe in that shit, too. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's trade notes. Oh, those 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 gold things. Yeah, no, we don't believe in that. We believe in angels, but only a hundred. 144,000. That's where we cut it off. Yeah. So <laughs> my so, sister, believe it or not, went from Jehovah's Witness to Mormonism. Oh, wow. And, like not missing a beat. And I was just like, wow, so you to a stricter religion. Like, well, yeah, I just, that's I just harsh pretend it's, it's not like a reaction to the other thing. Like you're not going, you know, from like one extreme to like a lack of faith. It's like, it's, yeah, she went harsh. to faith and then like mega faith is what I, yeah. I tease her all the time. Yeah, and not like in a loving way because I'm I say I'm Catholic, but I'm more Guadalupano. Like I believe mm. in Our Lady of Guadalupe than I do like the whole like church and everything. Wow, Fantastic. we just got really religious and we we're just talking about Jesus. I <laughs> had a family member who was that they said they're not going to celebrate the commercial aspect of Christmas now, and I I wonder if that means that they've gone full, you know, full faith. I think they're I think they're maybe like way too far in. They moved out to Idaho and now they're like. Uh, no gifts. Uh, we're having a hard time with our faith, and and we're not going to celebrate any pagan holidays. And I'm like, well, what do I do with that? All right. Well, you know, pagans are pretty some pretty cool people in giving. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe in the Yule. Yule's a you know very. I think yeah, we're I, a Yule family. Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I love the Yule. Um, I I still have not decorated my house. My Christmas tree still in the box that it oh, lives no. in. Yeah, I got to do that. I think I'm going to do that when we hang up. I did it's like, like 12, 13 days. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but there's 12 days of Christmas. And then I believe in the Epiphany, right. which is like those Reyes Magos, which is January 6th. Mm. So I'll just I'll just do off of that. I'll be like, no, no. See, I was just waiting for 12 <laughs> days of Christmas, you know, pre and post. But I my relationship with Christmas, I love being um doing things like the Christmas, like the glow, I missed it this year. Plus, the weather was really shitty uh, yeah. that they do in West Seattle. Uh, I did go to. I missed the the lighting of Pike the market because I yeah. was coming back from Portland and I was really tired. I'm like, <laughs> I can't be around people right now. Uh, mm. But I love just like looking at the trees. Like I was at, um, like I was at, oh, is it South Lake Union? There's like this park. Uh, where they have like a lot of light displays. So we went and visited that. And then we went to Bellevue to do our Santa photo at the Nordstrom's. So I, I really just like the creativeness. I love walking around our neighborhood right now. Um, yeah. Because I'm trying to find the Clark Griswold house. I okay. think it's by you. Because I, I have. Is this I have the a... one that's like over decorated, you mean? Is yes. It... Okay. It's yep. down on. Yeah. Don't down by the you... beach. Down yeah yeah yep okay that's mm. that's actually um the jeweler's house and that okay. one yeah no they were on a tv show but yeah that is they the were? Clark Gris yeah it was like best christmas house and they lost <laughs> to a guy that owned a farm and i was like well that's not really fair but they actually yeah. own the jewelry store uh, okay. in downtown west seattle which i, I bought. That. yeah they're awesome they're great people they have a beautiful collection of pearls 
pearls and shocking. I love buying pearls. Um, so I actually bought myself some pink champagne pearls last year for Christmas. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So, so what do you, them. yeah, no, I, I met their salesperson. Okay. You um, met their salesperson. Okay. And I interacted with uh, them on Instagram cause I posted a lot of cute photos of my dogs and their Christmas sweaters on oh, their house. Um, but yeah, just look up the West Seattle Clark Griswold house. I'm not okay. kidding. The number one hit, but yeah, it's on beach drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just drive you can't I'm, I, we went from Alki and you you turn the corner and it is you start seeing it like at least a half a mile away and this is a different house there's a there's a second house there um, is so that one's of course okay. the original Kirkler's Wells, but there is another one and you probably saw it they go all they go all gaga for Halloween too so it wasn't a surprise that. Uh, yeah so I'm, it wasn't I'm a, a bigger surprise. Halloween guy I would say uh, yeah um we we actually didn't um we don't get trick-or-treaters so we dress oh. up and walk our, our dogs <laughs> <laughs> that's fun yeah so we my boyfriend was bad ken for halloween um his entire costume was built out of my closet uh so again this is why i have so much clothes which i was sharing <laughs> with you um and a lot of some people got it like any kid any little girl under 20 knew exactly who he was he was bad ken <laughs> Okay. And, and then yeah. anyone like 30 and above without children didn't know who he was because we went out to like drink at the pub. And this girl's like, Are you sure? Are you Mac? <laughs> and I'm like, No, no, that we, no, mm -mm, no, no. Um, I, you get, I guess you didn't watch Barbie. She's like, No, I didn't know. I get that's why. Um, <laughs> and then someone thought he was trying to be white boy Rick. And we're like, Okay. Where did you get that from? <laughs> like, we're like, um, And then I, I just wore my Day of the Dead crown because it was uh the the next day was the beginning of the Little Smart Gloss, but yeah, it was um and then I wore the same crown to Depeche Mode, but yeah, I mean I I love um I really believe it or not I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving because of the food and it's also the only holiday I really can celebrate with gusto with my Jewish best friend. Mm. I mean, what other holidays can we celebrate that isn't tied yeah. to like? Where's the intersection? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, why don't we be like, hey, you want to celebrate a Easter after we do Passover? Because, you know, your guy killed my guy, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can't it doesn't really do work that. out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or, you know, she's like, all right, well, we have to do, you know, the, the Seder. Or, you know. So <laughs> it, it, we've always just um, done Thanksgiving. And last year was my first Thanksgiving away from us celebrating it together, which was like 14 mm. years, 14 or 15 years of us doing Thanksgiving together. And so last year we did it away. We're like, never again. We're we're gonna we're gonna just uh, celebrate together. So I was down in Portland. I did two major trips in November, and oh boy, are my credit cards like really mad at me? <laughs> That's I all that. I can say. Yeah, okay. I was in Chicago. I was in the state of Iowa, and I didn't realize how much not seeing a mountain would fuck with my head. I didn't yeah, see it does for me for... too after I'm away for a while. Yeah, I didn't see a mountain for seven days. And people always say like, oh, those states are really flat. Like, no, they're not flat. They're open. There's a difference. Mm. Right. Because uh, a, a valley is flat. Uh, you know, the top of a mountain can be flat depending on where you are. But the, the openness was really just like, and then the wind, there's nothing to protect you. So when it blow, the wind blows, I mean, it's coming <laughs> at you. Um, and I just, you know, I really enjoyed Chicago. I walked around a lot because it was, of course, you know, not that many mountains. So you can actually walk around a lot of the city. 
and then I met the family and I hope I passed because they threw me a really big party just to meet me. And I was like, oh, yay, you know, food. So I had a yeah. lot of Midwestern cuisine, which I didn't grow up eating. Is so, it like course, casseroles? Yeah. Or hot dishes, depending on the Minnesotan cousin I met. Okay. Uh, so a lot of casseroles, a lot of barbecue. So I, much casseroles. Like they, you only need one casserole, but they all bring it. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, and I requested that. I said, please make me a buffet of casseroles and bring me family recipes. Uh, My boyfriend's cousin-in-law made me a a Wisconsin cheese ball, which was really good. I really liked it. And then I had a graham, cold graham cracker pie, Mm. I think it was. It was really good. Um, good. Yeah, I had an Iowa pork chop when I was taken out to dinner. And yeah, it was just a lot of people. I mean, we follow each other on Instagram, but yeah, if you see the one photo where it's just like search for the brown woman, it was like a Where's Waldo situation. Uh, and I met like, you know, little cousins and little kids. Uh, one little girl told me, she, what did she say? She's like, wow, you dress like you don't, you don't know how cold it is here. I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm here. You're in shorts. I'm in a coat. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is his one cousin who just really liked me because he found out I grew up in the Bay Area and he's a mm. he used to be a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He's a Packer fan. So mm. he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers anymore. So he was just asking me for like all these questions about Aaron Rodgers. Like, was he always a prima donna? I'm like, well, I mean, we did make fun of him because he couldn't get into Stanford. So you <laughs> take that what you want. And sure. It's like, well, how much? How big was Marshawn Lynch? I go, well, like, you know, this much. He doesn't get robbed. So. Yeah, so it was a lot of cute just getting to know the family. I saw a lot of cute photos of my boyfriend as a child. Um, nice. <laughs> and I it sounds really so... nice. Yeah, I like a great. Midwest Christmas. It, it goes well with their, the kind of warm kindness that the Midwest can have sometimes. Yeah, and which is great because my ex's family was from Nebraska, and it was terrible meeting That's the different. family. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Nebraskans are like, they're so they're not even passive aggressive they're just rude like yeah. they were like you have an accent i'm like i do what do you mean i have an accent like yeah you don't sound like women from mexico i'm like you're right i don't yeah. have an accent because i'm from the united states i was born in california yeah so that kind of stuff um i did have a really odd interaction um when i was getting at a bar i was gonna get a shot of malort or in a mm. old style beer which is called a chicago handshake and anyone who's ever um had a shot at malort at me in the discord chat so i know <laughs> where you are so we can have like a sub conversation so if you've never had a shot at malort i'm just gonna let you know it is an experience hmm. and i can't even like i wish you could see how sour my face looks right now <laughs> describing the shot of malort uh and so i met these gentlemen and they had the very working class Chicago accent, like you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. That's what they sounded like to me. Yeah. And so they they saw me and they saw that I you know showed my Washington ID and they're like, mm. oh, you're from Washington. I'm like, yeah, I'm originally from California. And they're like, well, we don't like Californians. And just you know, gave me the the weird thing. Weird. But I noticed yeah. they were holding iPhones, and I was like, wow, it's really odd that you're being so hostile to a patron of this bar. And they were just like, well, we don't like Californians. I'm like, hmm. 
is that an iPhone you're holding there, sir? He's like, yeah, I love it. I have my whole life on here. I'm like, well, Californians built that, so you can go yeah. fuck yourself with that. And then everyone, oh, she got you there. And so then we actually went to a different bar, and I found them again. And they were like, oh, your girlfriend's here. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm from California. We have something called morals and standards. So mm. no, not your girlfriend. And they, oh, she got you again. So yeah, so that was fine. Um, I had old style. Or, I'm sorry. I had an old style beer at the Billy Goat, mm. which is where they do the Chesburger, Chesburger, the SNL. Um, right. Yeah. Kit, the Smash Burgers. And mm -hmm. I had a Chicago deep dish, which uh, was great. But the guy next to us at the table was having a full therapy session. Oh, no. He was eating his pizza. Yeah. With his deep his... dish? Like yeah. Deep, so, yeah. Deep therapy he... with your deep dish is like a whole so, experience. So yeah. he was having, like, you know, like a better help or you know some kind oh, no. of like on his phone on his phone and no on his phone but he had earphones on so we couldn't know what the woman was saying so i only heard what he said which we uh. didn't need to know what she was saying because we figured it out so it takes a while to get your deep dish right so he just starts his little meeting and yeah. i thought he was like oh maybe he's on a business trip and he has to like check in because it was right. the dinner hour in chicago but it was still like 4 p.m in the west coast and he was he was having issues because a woman whoever romantically involved or work involved we couldn't quite get the answer because we didn't want to be those people that were like mm -hmm. entirely eavesdropping what was his deal though we that we should he was know. just like he was he didn't understand boundaries okay and he was like well she told me this this and this but i didn't get to say the final word and i feel i deserve to find but I deserve to get the final word. Do you I mean the guy who was doing therapy like in the deep dish yeah. place didn't didn't have boundaries? That's interesting. Didn't have boundaries. And then at the same time, he's also having a therapy session in a full restaurant where that's amazing. Yeah. And I was just like, I wanted to record it so badly, but I'm like, I'll probably break HIPAA law because yeah, you I can't think do that to someone's therapy. We can only do it on a podcast and, and yeah. replay it, his but it was just moments. so interesting to hear him say like he didn't quite get boundaries. He's like, well, I understand what boundaries are. When somebody tells me they need they need space to give it to them, but I need to tell them how I feel about it. No, mm -hmm. dude, that's not that's not boundaries. Like when somebody tells you, hey, I need some space, you just say, okay, and you walk away. That's how boundaries work. Mm -hmm. Also, you're having a full therapy session <laughs> in a very busy, touristy-driven restaurant in Chicago, in the printer's row of Chicago. So, I mean, there the table next to us was a bunch of teachers that were all from across the country here for a convention. The table um, in front of us, because it was they just packed us in. Uh, it was a bunch of accountants that were in town for a convention. Mm -hmm. And then it's like my boyfriend and I were a two top. And then there was another two top, which was the gentleman during the therapy session. And then like a family on the other side. So yeah. just, Im just imagine a very crowded Chicago restaurant on a thursday evening meaning people are getting in for their conferences or been outside you know walking chicago and there's buddy in the middle having a full-blown therapy session <laughs> so that was um probably the most interesting part other than sitting through a terrible iowa northwestern game where the score was zero zero at halftime and oh, i didn't no. want to go yeah. to this game it was like at wrigley so that, okay. yeah i was at wrigley field uh the temperature was 48 degrees but there was something called the lake effect wind chill happening oh yeah that's all in the midwest you always yeah 
Uh, and I did not bring the proper clothing. Um, I had to buy a long sleeve shirt just to like protect myself. So again, I was not ready for the, and people are saying, well, it's not that cold. Like, no, it's cold to me. I'm from the Northwest. I, I think this is the yeah. best pizza I have is like right outside Wrigleyville. Just like one of those pizza places right along there. Um, and I don't, I've never like been to like a, a sports match there. I just went for a pizza on our drive from Washington to New York one time. Yeah. And, I, which I went to, which hmm. one did I go to? Luminati's is the one I went to. Okay. Was That's, that like yeah. right outside Wrigleyville? Well, also, there's or? a bunch. There's okay. a bunch. Yeah, I went to the one. There. Yeah. There's, pizza. there's so many there. There's yeah. There's. Uh, trying to find a New York pizza pizza like I just did that as a joke and my doorman was like where are you staying again I'm like oh sorry yeah. you didn't like that humor but <laughs> yeah I um I didn't see them I also watched the Blues Brothers on my flight home so it was kind of fun because that's a big Chicago movie and some of the spots mm -hmm. where like the hotel that they stay at it was two blocks away from where I was and yeah. that street has not changed the men's only hotel <laughs> that's so fun. that was yeah yeah, so it was kind of fun. Um, I did. So I on my flight home, I my boyfriend watched The Big Lebowski, and I watched The Blues Brothers. So okay, yeah, I mean, it was on fun. our flight back from LAX a couple weeks ago, I guess I got a what did I get the um Unknown Country, the other Lily Gladstone movie. She has three or four movies this year. Um, Unknown Country, never heard of it. I went to high school with her for a year, so oh. I'm going to be enjoying any success she gets this Oscar season, but also she's in uh, Fancy Dance and uh, The Unknown Country and The Killers of the Flower Moon, so it's all her year, I think. And oh, does Country, she play the indigenous woman? Yeah, yeah, that's her. And, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm ready to watch uh, May to December and Killers of the Flower Moon for yeah, Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I know I'm going to be in an emotional state. Also, we all know Mary Kay Turner's from Burien, Washington, which is right down the Close road from where we like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to dox ourselves again. We would be like, it's 1.5 miles. No, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, we uh, kind of did give away almost where we live. We just live in West Seattle, but what part of West Seattle is the part where everyone, you know, needs to yeah. figure out but hey. i'm i'm really yeah unknown country i've been hearing nothing uh the golden globes review um oscar nominations came out and it they look uh, good by the, the way the i did golden i globes was very happy look good I, yeah you know oppenheimer's coming back for 70 millimeter <laughs> a second time so you know cool. maybe want a barbie hammer finally get yeah. that uh uh, achievement done. I'm tempted to watch it again hmm. on 70 millimeter, but um, if Sif can <clears throat> get it for Sif downtown, I might be tempted to join if that happens. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I haven't I, seen it in theater, uh, and I should maybe. Yeah, I, speaking of Sif, I saw that you did a Q and A there. Congratulations! Oh, yeah. I was uh, out of town when I was like, so I would have gone. Oh, I would have so that gone. Been cool. Uh, yeah. I moderated a Q&A with Clyde Pearson, who's the director of Even Hell Has Its Heroes, which is one of my favorite movies of the year in my top five or six. And uh, it's about slow metal band. And they were all there. Um, uh, one of the guys was best friends with Kurt Cobain. He was with him when he bought his gun and he introduced him to flannels. So he's basically responsible for our entire local fashion. Um <laughs> Uh, these are like old kind of crusty guys, but they just make the slowest metal music. 
um, based on like repetitive poetry of like Gertrude Stein, they're like, what if we just repeat the most beautiful guitar riffs? Because they're like, if you listen to a song and a guitar riff goes off that you love, you you like wish you could hold on to it. So it's just like that part of a song extended nice. for five minutes. Um, so I got on stage and got to like do moderate the Q and A with Clyde, who uh, is also in some local bands and has been Earth's manager. That's the band's name, Earth, for, you know, five or six years. So uh, they tour with them. And I think that's just a, a wonderful thing. I love to support like a trans filmmaker and also like a, a film about local legends who are like very important to the scene. Um, Cobain was like living with them when he wrote Nevermind. So they're like very tied Ooh, to a local development. Wow. And that's all in the movie. So nice. Um, yeah. Maybe that's a I'll good tease for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw, I looked it up and I was just like, wow, this seems like so something I would have been excited to go to. It's but cool. I was yeah. in Portland talking to my friend and uh, eating also... a lot of food. <laughs> Again, it was, yeah. it was one of those, like, I had to do this. I hadn't seen her since I moved away. So we mm. just, her kids were doing something and we just talked in the living room. So, yeah. It also but makes yeah, you I... like Aberdeen into like, seattle and then west seattle there's quite a bit shot in front of our waterfront so that's oh. nice. uh then it moves into the <laughs> desert they did the desert sessions with like mark lanigan queens of the stone age um you know all of those bands that are kind of in that scene of uh kind of like heavy drifty metal that sounds like the desert yeah i i i just it sounds odd but i really like really it sounds like that kind of music where it just it almost feels like you're in a trance <laughs> i know i love it and, uh, yeah. and especially if you just like listen to it out of the nature you, you can sometimes feel like the ocean can just pick you up and take you away or like the the forest is talking to you in, in a way <laughs> of like, like cleansing you it's almost yeah. extended from like you know like black blues like american history and music like muddy waters kind of like part of the earth like comfort this soul in the music it's almost like extension closer to that yeah. than anything yeah it's uh when i was in new orleans i was always searching for like either old jazz bars mm. or like blues like you know bb king i love that stuff yeah or just just like bands jamming uh when i was i went to edgewater to go to the christmas bar that they had upstairs mm -hmm. it's called the reindeer room really fun um do you, if you're light sensitive, wear glasses is all I can say. Uh, they And they do a good job. It, it's awesome. Like you can order like a little cocktail out of a Santa. Uh, they had like a blues band and it was like a guitarist, but also like a violinist, which I was like, I have never seen that pairing. And so I kind of like snuck on the side to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for my boyfriend to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I very much am into music. I mean, lately with the fog i've been waking up and like playing wagner and hmm. scaring the shit out of my boyfriend because he's like turned that shit off because it scares him he says wagner scares the living bailas out of him especially like tristan and isol um just the fog or you know the valkyrie which is the second of the ring cycle <laughs> he says it just freaks him out to know <laughs> when i start doing that shit to him plus he gets really nervous because he's like is she mad at me <laughs> 
Did, sure. did I do something? I used and to I'm go a lot to the Sea Monster Lounge, which is our one of our jazz bars. We also have Vito's and uh, a few options, but I like the Sea Monster. It's uh, because like there's this area where you listen to the music and you're kind of just like right in front of the musicians, but then the yeah. bar is off to the side. They have like a, looks like they have a Jazz Isn't Dead festival or event coming up. That looks cool. Yeah, they're on 45th. They're kitty corner from the octopus bar. So yeah. if you stand outside and you're smoking, you can hear the music, which is great because you it's can. It's nice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the octopus bar because the bartender there makes a delicious Manhattan. And I mean, delicious that when I had it, I couldn't kind of admit, I couldn't make a Manhattan when I was in COVID. Got everything else that I missed. But when yeah. I had my first Manhattan, I'm going, you know, when you could, you know, still wore a mask the entire time and just like took a sip and put your mask back on, like cry because I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I miss this. Uh, but yeah, when you go out, my, my boyfriend, when he drinks, sometimes he'll want to smoke. So we'll go outside and I'll join him and you can hear the music. And it's just like, it, especially in the summer when like mm. there isn't, a, it's kind of sleepy, especially if the, when the students go home and you can like just hear the music kind of like come into your, just your area. And it's really nice. But yeah, I, I'm so proud of you though. I was just like, good for you, dude. I'm like, oh, thank I think you. I like retweeted or requoted it on threads where the fuck cool. it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was very proud of you. I was like, yes. <laughs> thank you. It was a great experience and we had a good turnout and um, it, it was so nice to meet Clyde because I've done a lot, I think, to get that movie out there. And, uh, yeah. and we, you know, we had to like create deals with SIF to get these movies in their theaters. So we had a series of five movies. Um, I saw our fantasy egg gets a mattress. Like the line was wrapped around the block. So we, we had, yeah, I, I heard it was great. Um, they fantasy egg was first released at the beacon mm. and that's when I first saw it. Cause that's when I met Parker and Tommy, the owners mm-hmm. of the beacon, because uh, they were like, you always come for every noir movie. I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Because <laughs> they always play noir. Yeah. Um, I I also saw I Love Bats uh, during Halloween season, which was great. But yeah, Fantasy A, um, he, he's definitely a Seattle legend that I got very quickly brought up to speed. Um, I remember seeing his posters when I first was They're traveling. all over the city. And he put yeah. up a bunch for this event that we're putting on, which I was really proud of. Yeah, uh, and it got a lot of Reddit buzz, actually. I saw, like, a few posts about uh, Fantasy A Gets a Mattress. Um, but, yeah, it would look like it was a lot of fun. Because I'm really glad he's also achieving the success. Because mm. it it, it kind of seemed like, or I guess, like, now, because he's had all this success, he can actually create physical copies. Which I would be more than happy to, like, own a physical copy of. Because that Fantasy A is, like, one of those movies that, when you go some like visit your family like in Iowa or myself going to Mm -hmm. California I'd be like hey kind of want to see some like cool Seattle weirdness like here you go and not in the sense that you know it's definitely a niche um like you know the the documentary about the RV man like the memes Mm -hmm. you know kind of like the the hidden I forgot what's the name of the Vespa the festival the VHS archives or VHS hidden Mm -hmm. treasures um, that they do at the, uh, the Castro in San Francisco. It's very similar to that. Is like, if you're aware of it, you're like very in tune with just the subculture, but mm. you also want to share it. So you want to like own a physical copy so you could be like, hey, let's watch this DVD and drink beers and 
I can point out like, oh yeah, the burgers are really good at that Dick's or you know, just yeah. kind of stuff like that. And it was shot like two, three years ago, which means like if it was shot like around the lockdown, like a lot of these buildings and places are gone or like vanished and the city's changed since then. So it's almost like a document of time and place to um of when the city was really weird and in a transition place. Um and he also came and performed for us. Uh Oh at, at man! That show. So that's really oh, nice. Oh my god! And we yeah, did another Q and A there. So nice. Yeah, I, I, there's a really interesting book at Elliott Bay Company called like uh, Seattle 2020: A Year in Pictures, mm. and it was this person that did this project of shooting Seattle at every day or just once a week at the same time from January till the end of the year. Mm. Now I, I'm. There's spoiler alert, the year was 2020. Yeah. So you see the bustling crowds, and then you see the end of February where we kind of are getting see it because Seattle was, you know, the front row seat to the COVID pandemic. And then March hits because it was March 5th when we all stayed inside. Yeah. And then it's just empty. Because we were the first city, our reaction was so funny. We had like uh, flags out saying, we got this. I thought that was Yeah, I actually, um, I have that shirt from Simply Seattle that says, we got this Seattle. Uh, I still can't break up with that shirt. (laughs) That's good. I I think I bought so many shirts from Simply Seattle that because every shirt was like different to uh, the only one I did get rid of was like the there. I'll tell you later. Mm, That's fine. (laughs) It's just it just got a lot. It got a lot. It didn't get the attention I I really <laughs> wanted. Like just yeah. a lot of white people thinking that they could talk to me about racial issues, and I'm just mm. like, no, like yeah. no, you Stop. don't have this conversation yeah. with me. So right. I did give it away to somebody. I'm like, here, you you might you might enjoy this. They they probably <laughs> won't talk to you, my very there tall black go. friend. Um, and any shirt I bought from Simply Seattle was like a donation to the restaurant workers of seattle the nurse you know nurses food fund um, yeah i like them they're just kind of like yeah yeah i I own so i buy so many shirts from them like they they have a shelf with my name on it Mm. and they know from the time that the mariners and i will not probably buy a shirt an occasional kraken shirt Mm. um but i i buy every single mariner shirt of theirs so yeah it's um i i i do have the we got this 2020 we got the seattle <laughs> that I was funny have, yeah uh, is it 2021 yet with the squid because it was the kraken mm-hmm. uh let's see uh the saint it 2020 <laughs> like i have all those shirts and i was really getting a quilt made to like kind of like finalize Get them all together yeah, yeah kind of just be like yeah these are the covid era shirts like especially like when the George Floyd protest or the Black Lives Matters um started happening, mm-hmm. I I really wanted to just uh, support a lot of these local artists. That me too. I ended up with a lot of shirts, honestly. Yeah, I have way too many shirts. Like we counted how I'm like we 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 were like putting away my Mariner shirts for the season. Mm. Uh, we don't. I'm not talking about. I'm real mad. Is all I can say. I'm real mad. Um, Are you mad right fu- now? How the fuck can you just expect to give someone $66 million for one year and think they're going to go? Yeah, that's the team I want to go to. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they got rid of Gino and oh, just can't talk about it. Um, Like, I know. People I'm upset, just... too. And Kelnick. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not JK. Happy. And yeah, I mean, it's it's 
pretty painful. I know people who have straight up canceled their um, season I do, tickets. I do too. And I mean, like, I, I can't stop listening myself, but um, if I had bigger standards, I might, I might be like boycotting. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely recommend like the rye bread and mustard podcast, um, marine layer podcast. Cause they're not holding back. I think I might get That's booked good. for, for one of those. Cause I, I've been, oh, I really? appeared on okay. rye bread and mustard's podcast during the all-star game and cool. they're always looking for guests. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can do. Yeah, and then they were like, do you want, and I'm like, no, no, because every word's going to be like the F word. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Shannon Dreyer did not sound that positive on the radio the other day. And I'm just like, dude, when you lose Shannon Dreyer, that's like. That's it. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it. it's. I'm I'm very upset and uh, I, I don't see that they're filling it in. And I, I hear there's a plan, but I don't see one. So if we, if they say we're rebuilding, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to just take these nearly two grand that i give to you every season and go yeah. somewhere else um I'll, I'll wait for the basketball team or i'll go see the storm um, yeah. but yeah and it's also like pretty bad i think we talked about this earlier where you were just like yeah the sharks are terrible I'm like yep they're not having a good time but neither are the blazers and neither are the kraken so no. i'm just gonna kraken just, are bad so <laughs> yeah i was there for loss number seven so and we're so close we're so close and then we go into overtime and lose um but yeah, yeah i don't it was... know what will happen well you might lose the coach that would be the easiest that's the least painful change to make in a hockey team so yeah, I, I was watching the game when the Sharks coach got fired on the ice. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can top that, I I did enjoy that when the referees came out on the ice and they were doing their little warm-up things where they mm. looked like they're, they're like, they do this really awkward ski <laughs> ice skating, and I'm just like, what are they doing? Oh, their um, first all- slap around is always really awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they uh, they're getting booed by the fans, and I'm like, nice job. I was like, good one. I'm like, yeah. I was just like, is Alex Hernandez here? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, But yeah. So anyway. So Seattle sports are kind of a bummer right now. And uh, yeah, if you have this, I mean, Seahawks aren't doing, I don't follow football, but from what my brother told me, it didn't go well. Um, He's a big 49er fan. He, He called to let me know. And I was like, yeah, I was watching a movie. I was actually, um, watching a noir film mm. shocker called repeat performance i highly recommend it is that the it's one currently... you went and saw or no no okay. i was i was home um criterion mm. channel currently has holiday noir which is noir movies around christmas time oh i love Blast... those yeah. yeah so blast of silence is a great film because the film in guerrilla style film during christmas in the 1950s in the early 40s like mm. 40s new york like Long Island is getting built um, and that's where the big uh, event happens but they also filmed it in New York during Christmas so they could get away with nobody being out on the streets completely guerrilla styled the director really wanted to make this movie and the studio said well you know we have a bunch of camera equipment in Cuba so if you can get it out of Cuba we'll, we'll, we'll let you make your movie so he's like okay so he smuggled himself in and out of cuba and shows up and he's like here's your equipment and they're like oh shit okay yeah we'll give you some money to make your movie and that's how that movie was made a repeat performance was a movie that was 
saved by the Film Noir Foundation and Eddie Muller's company. And he um, licensed it to be released um, on Criterion Channel. So they actually got a little screen credit of, you know, restoration done by the Film Noir Foundation. Uh, that movie is very unique. Uh, this woman, it's New Year's Eve, you hear shooting and uh, body on the floor. And so she runs away and it's she's trying to get to help. And they're like, okay, so you need to go into this room and we're going to figure this out. We'll, we'll go see what happened. We'll see what's going on. So she goes to this room. I think it's like a dressing room. And then she opens the door and it's the year before. But she has the knowledge of what happened. Okay. The, the next year. So it's really great. Uh, the ending, it's actually a book that um, I ordered. And the book is a little taboo for the subject matter that hmm. they had to clean up because of the Hayes code. But it's it's really well done. I saw it during the New Year's 2021. And that actually was a movie I showed to my... I, he wasn't my boyfriend at the time, but we were friends hmm. and we spent New Year's together. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know, I need to watch Noir Alley. Like, I love Noir Alley on TCM. And he was just like, whoa, these movies are amazing. And he started watching them. So <laughs> I watched him with them. My discovery was The Silent Partner, which is like a very Canadian gallo heist film with uh, Elliot Gould. And it's about like this mall Santa who uh, robs his bank that Elliot Gould works at. And it's like very like 70s genre movie. Uh, I it highly like California it. Flush. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, I like Elliot Gould. Mode. Yeah, he's great. Um, Especially the long goodbye. Yeah, and he's so good. He's kind of in that mode here too. Uh, it's good stuff and it's very you know very canadian very toronto i love that <laughs> but yeah should we um i don't want to take over your podcast so should we talk no we're doing great I and i think oh. we, we we are recentering on christmas movies and coming back to i think uh cities and, and places and uh we wanted to talk about new york and in the, in the 50s i believe yeah i um it is New York, and I. So, if you didn't pay attention, we are going to talk about Todd Haynes's movie Carol. And hmm. surprise, surprise, I am here to talk about this movie <laughs> with I your have, story, <laughs> with my story of meeting Todd Haynes and making him blush, mm -hmm. and seeing this at a at the premiere. Actually, I found out because I okay, actually, yeah. Uh, that that's why all the film critics were in the theater and i like i said i ended up sitting next to them and i'm like turn off your light how do you make him blush again what do you do to make todd haynes blush it seems hard to uh, do it's uh i said oh thank you very much for fitting christian uh christian bale at lipstick and he's like oh <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. i got that no oh, yeah thank you for knowing that movie because you know, uh, if you know that movie, you know what what scene follows next. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I see. Why he's blushing there? That, yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, thank you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I had to sit next to like two film reporters, and they kept mm. like turning on their like cell phone night to turn lights, and I'm like, can you stop uh... doing that? <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> like this isn't a show for you. <laughs> like, I think right. they were just. And then they kept looking at me, and I'm just like, "What?" Because <laughs> like, I, I was eating popcorn. I don't know. Mm, yeah. I and I got to ask him. My question was, the end of the scene where 
um, she goes, she leaves that dinner to go tell Carol, like, yeah, what's up? We're going to, we're going to do this. We're, mm. we're going to be living our lives in the 1950s without care of judgment. Uh, and so Carol's like having her dinner and, you know, me, uh, or, uh, uh, Therese, they look mm. at each other and just like, I, I just asked Todd, I was like, how did you get the color and the music to match because it's very very dark which is when she's walking in the street but when she enters the restaurant it becomes gold how did you get <laughs> the music if to the become... music had color it would be those colors and those yeah, images it's amazing and i have i have kind of like that thing or like i can hear music and i can see me colors. too yeah like the yeah Every what do you call that like, called... yeah we both don't know and we both think we have it well, I mean, I've been told I have it because I was in a art, a music appreciation, art, <laughs> music appreciation. And they would like tell you, like, what did you feel? And then I was like, oh, I, I could see the ocean. And they're like, yes, this piece is called Oceanic Breeze. Like, oh, OK. It's like synesthesia um, with music. It's yeah. Yeah. You could kind of like see the waveforms. And um, I, my daughter says she could see the color of people's feelings. I think that's interesting. She sees auras. Yeah, and she's like an artist, so she draws people with the color of what yeah, they're I feeling. I think I scared your daughter the first time. <laughs> <laughs> she's very easily startled in that way. But, that but when she saw Coco used... Chanel, she was like, oh, this lady's <laughs> cool. I love your little chihuahua. Yeah. She loved Coco <laughs> Chanel. Yeah. yeah. So that and made everybody... it much better. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love seeing sunsets. Uh, prob oh. That probably has, probably has a lot to do with why I think I can see color. And mm. so Todd Heen goes, wow. I'm really impressed that a, fa a person understood the goal because that's what we told the score artists to do. And they used the 16 millimeter super bit and then muted the colors. And that's what they wanted to do. They wanted that feeling and that happiness to not, it is a love story that ends on a happy note, but is she there to tell her, fuck, you never talk to me again. You made yeah. me feel uncomfortable or because you don't know it's one of those. Mm. Or is she like, all right, let's do this. Let's go to your apartment. Right. I have, yeah. It's that decision uh, point. But also it's like glowing with old film coloring, like mm -hmm. like that Ectochrome or Kodachrome. It's like that old coloring of even like a Technicolor film would have looked, um, that, you know, that you know Haynes is interested in because he's done it before. And he did it with uh, in, in um, All That Heaven Allows. Is that the Edge one? Of heaven. No. Edge, Edge of Heaven. heaven. Okay. Yeah, with Julianne Moore, which I, I was really shocked. I, I meant to ask, one. I meant to ask him, like, why is Julianne Moore in this movie? Where is she? Uh, <laughs> but it works with Kate Blanchett so well. I mean, it's just mm. like it just it does. It works really well. I loved her fur coat. I uh, hopefully you know, just it just I loved the costuming too. That was another thing I said. I'm like, oh, by the way, I really hope your costumer wins an, an Oscar because that was. Beautiful. I love that era of clothing because the the way that Carol just always is because she's a kept woman. She's a kept rich woman that is a lesbian and her husband doesn't like that she has a special friend and to the point that he blackmails her to get custody of her kid, mm. which you know, she she ultimately says, like, I, I give a, all rights to my child because I don't want her to grow up and read this and see what you did to 
me because it will crush her. And do you really want the rest of the world to take our divorce and make fun of you for it? Mm. So I thought I loved Carol's ability to her self-sacrificing self to all she wants was her her daughter to be safe and to be happy. And, you know, she she and, does get her kid back. Ultimately, they have, you know, joint custody, I guess. Yeah. And well, it's like adapted from the Patricia Highsmith. I think that scene is invented for the movie where she's like, well, I do admit to my affair and and to loving this woman and that I would not give her up. I want to move custody. That's created for this movie, which is yeah, powerful. Yeah. And, and also, new. and the rest of the story her, obviously is written by Patricia Highsmith, who's, you know, still like out here influencing movies with like Saltburn being a talented Mr. Ripley kind of clone. So that's uh, there. The this movie is based off of like uh, the Price of Salt, I think it mm -hmm. is. Yeah, is it? Am I correct? That's right. Something was yeah. yeah. So I read the book um, after I finished watching Carol because I had to wait for because again. I am very much I don't know how I got in this room but I did um <laughs> I had to wait like a month and a half for people to see it because it got released during Christmas time mm. and if I recall so I was telling all my friends like oh all my cinephile friends like, oh my god Carol's so amazing I can't wait for you to watch it blah, blah, blah. and then I went on Netflix and I'm like yes we're gonna have lots of conversations about Carol which which I did which is why I didn't even need to watch this movie because yeah. i watched it so many times hmm. um i my favorite scene in the movie besides the ending where i got to you know ask mr haynes how he pulled that off hmm. was when um carol is shopping for the christmas tree and therese hmm. gets that image of her and it's like snowy and she's got her big fancy coat and she's making the guy wrap up the tree and you know put it on the car but just the the silhouette of Carol being, you know, right just there and just like the class difference. Like you're walking around in a what eight eight thousand dollar fur coat back in those days. Mm. Uh, very expensive. And it was actual fur, not the like cheapy stuff you see in noir movies. <laughs> yeah, and like the lens of looking, who's looking, mm -hmm. how they're looking, what they're perceiving and what it means to them is yeah. also My important in those shots. And so elaborately like staged like at a remove though like the camera is removed and letting them look in a way that movies don't let women look at women it's hard no. to explain because it has to it I mean, has it's to very... operate outside of a heterosexual idea of what homosexuality is like there are um there are like you when they first meet so i don't know if you've ever watched the movie brooklyn i like yeah to... yeah watch brooklyn and carol together for the simple mm. fact it's just two women that work in department stores that's it and you color know? coding in department stores i think they, yeah. they're a great match uh and and it was another uh, movie that i really enjoyed <laughs> they are very different from each other it's just like i said it's just two two women that are working at a department store and working in retail you're like oh man can you imagine what it was like to work at retail where you worked at, you know, this is like the the golden age of department stores, right? You <laughs> yeah. got fed lunch. You got to have a locker. You what? worked normal hours. You were off by seven. You could slightly stock your customer <laughs> to get a glove returned back to them. I was and trying to get Elliot Gould's the silent partner to reach into this. And I was like trying to like 
uh, find a transition because I love about Christmas movies, the department stores, or you think of like Home Alone 2 and like that Christmas store. And I love the like retail spaces of Christmas or like the, what is it? The shop around the corner. I love, uh, I love the retail uh, side of movies about Christmas. Or like Miracle on 34th Street. That's really yeah. just a big advertisement for Macy's. Yeah. <laughs> and a good <laughs> advertisement. I mean, not yeah, all propaganda is bad and not yeah. all ads are bad. <laughs> yeah. Ads aren't art- artistic or they're all artistic. It's It's hard to really differentiate. Yeah, it's like Virginia Mason has this like commercial there. It's like a little baby learning to sing grandma. And I'm just like, mm. and they have like a <laughs> cover of Elvis Presley. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm still mad at you for those weight loss commercials. So you need to like mm. do more of these uh, or like Wait, the Google so, commercial. So you read the book? Um, yeah, uh, I read the book. Okay. Yeah, I read uh, it like when it came out. Okay. Um, it's a little bit more in tale of like her relationship with her friend that's played by Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. So you see why. So like the husband catches them and then, like, yeah. oops. Um, it, and, you know, she like Patricia Heisman has a way of like writing a lot. Like she is a queer icon writer because she wrote a lot of these stories like the talented Mr. Ripley, Strangers mm-hmm. on the Train. So she has a lot of these like gay undertones, but it's also it makes sense in the era that she's from. Like she's from the 1940s, so she couldn't be a proud loud, loud lesbian like somebody like Roxanne Gay or mm. you know Chuck. You know, not oh god, what's his name? Um, um, I'm thinking of other gay authors that they mm-hmm. they. They they have a very very different life of what was done during the era of Patricia Heisman's era. Absolutely, and yeah. she was never like labeled a lesbian, but it came out later, like post mortem. I think is when she got outed. Um, you know, same thing with like Sally, um, <laughs> got the the astronaut. Um, yeah, yeah, um... not Sally Field. That's the actress. Um. But this astronaut, like she, it, you found out that she was a lesbian after she died. Sally Ride. Sally Ride. And I love yeah. Sally Ride. She made me want to do science, but then I found out I did <laughs> not like math. So that was a big old no no. Uh, and this but, one also notable for like, uh, you know, positive ending in a lesbian story, which is so atypical because heterosexual lens will ask a, a question that makes that seem unlikely that it could actually work will both of them get what they want it asks unfair questions about gay romance that aren't the questions it asks about Mm -hmm. you know opposite sex and that's not quite fair and i think todd haynes has to be here to make this movie yeah and when i found out that todd haynes was making this movie i was just like oh we're we're gonna be fine yeah (laughs) i I felt the same about may december oddly (laughs) i was okay i haven't seen it but i've seen the weird uh the odd netflix trailer where Mm -hmm. julianne moore's putting on like this like lip gloss on Mm -hmm. natalie portman and they look like are they about to like kiss and then they look (laughs) into like the 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 camera which is the mirror and I'm just like, oh, Todd Haynes, you had to, didn't you? <laughs> just it's still um, gay coded in some ways, and um, I mean, she uh, went to prison. I mean, like, oh, there's there's gay for stay. There's if you watch Love After Lockup, you know a lot of these stories. Like they're they they it it pres- the prison world is very very different from. Well, I um, think 
I think the important thing that Todd Haynes does with like May December, I'm not going to spoil anything, even though you know me basically like the the story it was based on, is that growing up like the Mary Kay Letourneau story, what was shocking wasn't really that it happened to me. It was more that the conversation and the dialogue around it was shocking. And this is kind of what the film is confronting. It's not about what actually happened so much as, uh, you know, like filming a show or a movie about what happened within the movie. And so it's almost about the media we create about things like abuse or um, people who prey on people sexually and what the media does with that. And that's, you know, that's why Todd Haynes is great because he's, he's not just going to make the the movie that you're going to call as questionable because it's not, it's not even about that it's in there, but it's interesting. Yeah. I like, so how I found out about Mary Kay Letourneau is I was watching like a Dateline or a 60 minutes about mm. Mary Kay Letourneau. And I think she had already gone to prison and she'd already had one kid by him. And my the biggest takeaway my mom and I had was one, she always had the same kind of like kneeling, like tilting her face to the side. Yeah, um, she had a look. <laughs> she had a look. She liked her gloves and her hats, which I was mm-hmm. like, like, there's like this one photo. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Like, it's so <laughs> iconic. But anytime people say Mary Kay Letourneau, this is what I think of or her in that really awkward minty color um sweatshirt where she's trying to hide her second pregnancy mm-hmm. uh, and uh so we watched it and i think she was on her way to get pregnant and i remember her and billy flau were getting married the same year i was getting married mm-hmm. and i got really pissed that they had a lot of crate they had more crate and barrel presents than me and i'm like <laughs> like because i was registered at crate and barrel anyways mm-hmm. i was just like wait people are giving you guys gifts and i've heard a yeah, lot of- it's strange you know, like I've heard a lot about people like saying like, oh, they were they'll either excuse it and they have you know, it's not for us to judge. Like she went to prison for this and then yeah. waited for him to turn 18 and then they got together and then she died of cancer. Mm-hmm. But the part that got me the most was how people don't talk about it here in Seattle. It is yeah. a very it is a very well-discussed topic in Portland, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles. It was Ed- around. It was always on the news. But yeah. the way do people talk about it after? Not really. Except like the men in my life who made. That's what I remember. The comments that men in my life made about how maybe it was a good thing or it was exciting. Or uh, even a man within my family this week made a comment like, you know, that was only an interesting case because she was very attractive and that, that made it yeah. interesting to me. I'm like, oh God. The um, whole pop for teacher. Um, yeah. There's been several movies. I mean, Time to Kill is... Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's another Murders. Uh, the movie with Helen Hunt. The movie's been done multiple times. Hmm. Um, where Oh no, it is uh, with Penelope Ann Miller. She did their version. They, they, she did a made-for-TV movie of... Um, the the Mary Kay Letourneau hmm. and it's to me I'm really excited to see hmm. another Todd Haynes film because I love Todd Haynes he's 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 right up there with Lynch I just love him uh, I get very excited when I hear I, I've read a lot of interviews about this I love that he still lives in Portland um you'll love it he, I believe I, yeah and I just love his relation like him and Julianne Moore like they were <laughs> like oh you always seem to work with Julianne Moore 
And he's just like, well, I don't need to ask her to do anything. I just tell her, you know, very few words. And we look at each other and she understands what I'm asking of her. That's what, you know, how can you better direct someone than in a situation like that? It's yeah. just. And that's what David Lynch says when he directs yeah. um, Laura Dern. So mm-hmm. I, I love directors that go. And it's same thing with uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio and, you know, oh, God. I mean, there's a lot. I feel like like Killers of the Flower Moon. It's just a bunch of heavy, heavy hitters that he's worked with in the past. Yeah. And Irishman. Yeah, I think he's been doing that the last couple movies. And yeah, um, Wes Anderson does that where, or, you know, he it's like, oh, it's the Wes Anderson house. You know, these directors that really like to work with the same directors. But I don't know what it is about, like, Julianne Moore and Todd Haynes relationship, especially when you see her in, in Safe and Far From Heaven and now May and December. I mean, I really wish he would bring back, you know, Kate Blanchett. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of some like Tar was definitely a movie that I'm like, oh, this could have been a Todd Haynes film. But then I at wish. the same time, yeah. yeah, I bet at the same time that director is incredible too. Todd Field is is Todd also Field. another Todd is also good. Yeah. Also, the piano player in Eyes mm-hmm. Wide Shut, another excellent uh, Christmas movie to play for your grandma. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish Todd Field were Todd Haynes. I th- that would have been a great movie. Uh, I mean, Todd, I mean, Tar is great, but I. Uh, you know, I want the I want the Haynes version where, you know, what he could do with Blanchett is so much bigger to me. Yeah, and also like Blanchett worked a lot with Woody and then, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing came out and she's like, Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna distance myself from him, which is why she did um wow, I just got really loud. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh let me change the I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, <laughs> hold on. Okay, how am I? Am I better yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, sounds okay. fine now. I, I'm sorry for everyone who <laughs> had to hear that. Hopefully, you can correct that. Um, but yeah, I so I'm gonna plug a great YouTube channel called Cinema Cities, right? Cinema Cities. Mm-hmm. It is in a woman who loves noir, loves let's scare Jessica to death, um, and also really just likes to talk about a movie and share like the video i shared with you is how they were able to create the look of 1959 by like um, going to cincinnati and like pairing yeah, that it, because the that new york doesn't exist in new york but it, it you know cincinnati is the oldest district so it was a really great video yeah i i that's how i felt that's why we kind of stayed in printer's row in chicago mm-hmm. was because it still had that old chicago so printer's row if you don't know um it was run by the mom and actually yeah. the hotel we stayed at was a brothel and i was like <laughs> hell yeah man legalize sex work let's i love it. old chicago so much it's oh, and it's a I whole feeling it- Oh, I found an old hat store. Um, cool. And I, I actually had, he he knows Eddie. And mm. he was like, wait, you know Eddie Muller? I'm like, well, I mean, I talked to him on like Instagram. <laughs> and yeah, when he sees me, he knows who I am. That's and cool. Should, yeah. And so uh, I, I told him like, hey, um, when North City Chicago, which North City's just been announced for Seattle, which is in February, I'll be mm. there. I may hire you as my driver just to yes. get me there. <laughs> I may um, just drive you if I go to yeah. any of it. Uh, yeah, I, would... I, I will be in costume and wearing my birdcage veil and gloves and a, all my collection of dresses. Uh, again, I love like the, the costuming in Carol is my absolute favorite. Uh, I we, love it. Uh, yeah. 
so I, my, my boyfriend's grandmother, you know, she's old. I think she's in her eighties. Mm. Um, she loves noir films. And that's what I think one of the reasons why she likes me a lot is because I know Eddie. Um, oh yeah. She, we actually watched an episode of noir city or noir alley while we were staying at her place. I, I just love the, the cinematic uh, achievement that is done in just a black and white film. Carol could be done in black and white, but I think it is better using the film stock that they use because the, uh, in cinema cities, they talk about the Kodak and how the, you know, these bright colors and focus was used to um, really just make the main actresses stand out. They looked up like finding Vivian Mar- Miriam. Is it Miriam? Vivian Miriam or Mar Myers? Uh, Myers, yes. The yeah. the photographer where they find all this um Vivian Meyer, yeah. Yeah. And um <laughs> Donnie who hired her for his nanny at one point, and then he turned out she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't the best person. <laughs> but yeah. then again, like, you know, she was kind of a hoarder. Uh I um which is one of the things I was thinking, like, wow, Trace takes all these pictures. It reminds me a lot of the Vivian character, you know, Vivian's life. And he was like, yeah, I based that off of, you know, he talks about where he pulled and and he talked a lot about the film stock and how he really trusted his cameraman and his cinematographer. And he said he wanted every single he's like, I know people are going to watch this at home, but I want you when you pause the movie, I want it to look like a postcard or a photograph you've seen in the house. And it's also, yeah, like Ruth Orkin and yeah, and Meyer, uh, that very like mid-century style of photograph of like classic like women in society. Most of these pictures are about like women in New York, very much like specifically that kind of thing. And uh looking at them in a new way, in a way, um rediscovering yeah. womanhood. And uh I I mean it does look like that. It does seem to be because of photographs that, that Haynes is able to find so much more. Yeah. I also learned from watching cinema cities was they, cause they show a lot of interviews was that they went to Cleveland because it hasn't been gentrified or torn down or lost. And they were able to really re- recreate and capture the you know the department store they actually went mm-hmm. to an old empty department store and rebuilt it and the fancy houses um my favorite scene also is when they go to that christmas party after carol's had lunch with therese for the first time and she's like i'm gonna have a martini too and just takes a swig and sweetheart i don't, I don't know how to gently tell you to just drink pure vodka <laughs> <laughs> that's a face of someone that did not know what they were ordering like she yeah. just stuck to the club soda uh and so everyone is in these big big ball gowns and carol is in a gray suit and she still stands out yeah she always stands out as something gorgeous woman yeah yeah it's or when one of the things i found really cute was when they're like okay let's take off and go to chicago so we can you know Mm -hmm. mm -mm -mm." um they they have their little sandwiches wrapped in wax paper Mm -hmm. because sandwich bags were not created at that point Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and how uh Carol is doing the brunt of the driving and they're going to these hotels, unbeknownst to them, they're being followed because her ex-husband is that terrible. And yeah. I don't know if he's mad because he's been cucked or if he's mad because it is there was another, it was an affair, or because he cannot accept that he lost his wife to a woman. I think all of the above might be the answer there. 
because that scene when um Carol is taking a shower and Teresa's going through her stuff, I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? And then when she mm-hmm. finds the gun, I'm like, I'm I'm sure you regret that. And then where she almost shoots the guy. So they mm-hmm. um they enjoy themselves romantically New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh Carol and Therese, and unbeknownst to them, they're being uh they have a microphone. The this private detective that's following them uh, has a microphone posted to their room. So I want to know how loud they were. <laughs> if you can get that audio, you know, I was just hmm. like, man, they must have had a great fucking time. Like, good for you, ladies. I think um, I think Harge is kind of terrible, but I think Kyle Chandler is really good at being that kind of terrible here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, he's like, yeah. Like the minute I saw him come up as the husband, I'm like. Of course, he's the husband. That makes sense. You know? it's yeah, it's just yeah. He, it's it's like Christopher Walken when he walks mm. into a movie. You're like, is he the bad guy or you, or the good guy? Because if he's in the bad guy, we're about to have a really really bad time. Like William Defoe or Dennis mm. Hopper. They're just those characters that you're just like, oh, of course you're here. <laughs> it's just so interesting because everything is about perspective and how you perceive others, and we think about. Um, the, the woman as a photographer entering this other class of people but she's also lens through old photography of women in New York you I think like one of my favorite shots is just like the one looking down just looking down at the man and, and the, like the the chalk on the it, it looks like an old Orkin photograph like she always shot New York from above and that's mm-hmm. like an interesting perspective for a woman to be above things looking down on them is interesting. Um, and that's like, Carol has a lot of those things that like atypical perspectives that women don't usually hold uh, in how they perceive each other. And it's all like tied into this idea of the photographer and um, that willingness that like, that she lets her photograph her when she comes along. And, and that's like how the relationship is opened. Also, um, what I really liked about the film was there was a lot of unspoken desire. Yeah, so much. Like the sexual tension was amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, until they like finally like start kissing and taking each other's robes off and you know causing a scene. But there's like a scene where she's like playing after they go and collect the Christmas tree, they come back to Carol's home with her daughter and their wrapping presents and their, um getting um and she starts playing the piano and she kind of comes behind her and i'm just like um are they gonna kiss because if they are you know just uh very um very subtle just even a lot like once the clothes are off it's not the way this thing's usually shot like it's not not it's pornographic heterosexual idea the tenderness is so implicit because she's like I never looked that way. She's like admiring her body as something mm-hmm. she's not been like, it's such a, a big compliment to her and it's such a beautiful thing to say. And there's so many moments and comments like that between them that are just like dripping with like this sexual tension of like, um, you know, how they regard each other. And from this different class, they still have this overlap of feeling for each other. It's really gorgeous. Yeah. And then they end up in Chicago and then Carol gets this really upsetting um, telegram that makes her leave in the middle of the night and Therese never notices her leaving, which I'm like, how hard of a sleeper are you? 
Yeah. Cause she wakes up and Sarah Paulson is just smoking in her suit. Uh, there was a lot of like, like Carrie Brownstein's has a scene and she's wearing like your typical, like this is what a lesbian looked like back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, snapshot. And she talks to Therese kind of like, I know what you are. And Therese is like, nah, you got me all wrong. I have a boyfriend. See, like I'm, I'm straight. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also the scene where she buys the record for Carol and like the two lesbians are like calling, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, kind of pulling that and she's like running away. So I'm like, are you running away from yourself or you don't, you're not comfortable being out uh, from, yeah. yeah, which she does, you know, later because that's why she runs, you know, runs to Carol at the end of the movie. Mm. The implied I, question of the husband is also so interesting because it like has some other idea that can lesbians be mothers like it's her competence about being a mother is only questioned because of her relationship with her friend sarah paulson and and uh rooney mara's character and it's just like is that is that why she cannot be competent as a mother that's what he seems to believe yeah he he totally thinks like oh no she can't be a mother she likes women um yeah, right like what fur. impact she eats that, the fur pie actually? so you know she can't can't raise a kid uh Sorry, that's yeah, like so, so no. terrible to say. No, but it's but that's true, what he though. believes. Yeah, yeah, it's like I, I don't know. I'm a child of a divorce. I remember my parents fighting all well, the time. Me too. Yeah, I mean, my parents my, my divorced dad, at them, two years old, and I don't remember. Know. But yeah, it's around the same age. My 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 uh, my wife was, I think, very young age of divorce. Like I was like a preteen, and then I went into puberty. And my dad's like, "All right, you got to go live with your mom. I don't know what the fuck okay. to do with you." <laughs> and then I met a drag queen. So there you go. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I um yeah it's it's also really really just terrible like sadly like we're losing rights left and right you know, mm -hmm. as, as an American like you Canadians and European listeners like you're so lucky especially the Irish um mm -hmm. they you know a woman you know doesn't really have like in that era like when she she gives her account they're like and what's the account and she gives her husband's name right because women can have a bank account or a credit card or yeah you know i think she said she oh i have money put aside that my father left me in my name or, or it's just like a really quick throwaway line where you're like well this woman has nothing mm -hmm. um and then at the same time you know therese is just like she dumped her boyfriend to get the fuck out i'm gonna go have a love affair <laughs> yeah um, and he writes her all these letters in Chicago and she's like, they're just like, I just love the stack. And it's like, who are they from? Like, oh, from Toby or whatever the fuck his name is. Mm. I don't know. Let's call him Toby. And it's like, well, are you going to read those? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, I just, I really liked that. Um, they, I, I also like when they're in Chicago too, because I'm yeah. just, just there. But they also captured really beautiful Chicago where it's still intact. Mm. Um, but it's a great, it is a great Christmas movie simply because, I mean, I don't know. It, it depends. Like, this isn't a movie you watch with your grandma unless you're, like, really cool with your grandma. Like, there are certain movies I can never watch with my parents because I just, um, the prude in me comes out and I'm like, I gotta leave. Even though I'm 40, I'm just like, I can't sure. watch a, like, Eyes Wide Shut, um, Carol. <laughs> uh, what's another movie with a lot of, like, there's, like, Christmas and sex. Like, New Year's Game, Reindeer Game with Ben Affleck and Charlize Theron. Like, I can watch that with my parents because it's a funny mm -hmm. action movie that, yeah. you know, 
they casually have sex mm-hmm. off the bed, even though there is a bed right there. <laughs> right. The yeah. Bench. I'm just like, why are you going to have sex on a dirty fucking <laughs> hotel floor? <laughs> but I I was, we were mentioning Sarah Paulson when, when mm-hmm. Therese wakes up, right? When, when mm. she's like, uh, where is she? She's like, she left. And uh, we're going to drive her car together and we're going to, um, you know, just like she almost looked irritated because when that was her position at one point, she was the special friend. She was the the lover of the romantic interest and she's been replaced. And she's got to mm. deal with I mean, it's, it would be really awkward. It would be like my boyfriend having or like my ex-husband having to deal with like the man I'm dating. Right. You know, and in, we did not have way. the best divorce either, even, you know, that's mm. why you hire lawyers. Yeah. Um, I, and so she, when she canceled that letter and Carol's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. I got to go be a mother to my child. Mm. I, I, I really wish we could like continue this, but I, my little girl is very, very important to me. That's how it is in the movie, <laughs> in the book. Uh, a little different. Um, the and I don't want to give it away because honestly, it is seriously some of the most beautiful writing when it comes to like this type of situation. Mm. We uh, so we are driving and they're like eating and it's like really awkward silence. It kind of feels like Sarah Paulson is holding this poor woman in, in um like a hostage. Like mm. when they're at the diner and they're like, "Do you want anything else?" She's like, "No," and she's just smoking. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, have a sandwich. You maybe you'll feel better. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really upset and then you know she gets a better job because she has the the mm. upbringing but she i mean like also if you look at Teresa's costuming before she starts hanging out with carol uh romney mara's character she's got this like really awkward <laughs> little beret with bright colors that's what i was gonna say about the costuming is it changes with the characters that's yeah yeah and so the next May, december so- does the same thing by the way it's Ooh, really great see <laughs> um, I was gonna say Todd Haynes also somebody asked him about his opening scene. He goes, Oh, I was marrying 2001. <laughs> and that was a wonder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sure. like, I'm just like a hard eye is for you. And he's not that tall. He's about my height. I'm about five five. So I'm gonna say he's about five six. What yeah, did he mean? Like, like he he was so the opening scene of yeah. Carol. He was mirroring to the opening to two thousand and one. He wanted to create that winner. So from the okay. greats to okay, the, yeah, yeah. So it, it is the, a cool opening because it also has like the the gates, like the the uh, greats, yeah, the greats are like kind of like blocking your vision of things and like what's being held in, what's you know kept out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a lot. There was this one woman that asked him this question, and I don't I don't remember it, but I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to ask me. Please sit down. I was like, shit. <laughs> and this is after my question. So I was like, he liked my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um Carol is definitely like it's on Netflix. I highly recommend to watch it if you haven't watched it. Every time I watch that movie, I just want to drink um a lot of booze and smoke cigarettes, but I can't smoke cigarettes. So I just pretend I'm eating red vines that I can um, pretend I'm smoking. There you go. Uh, but yeah, also um, something I read when I was researching for this is it falls in that same line of in the mood for love. Okay. Yeah. I like that connection. I see that. Cause it's completely. in that quiet yeah. kind of lustful mm-hmm. 
um in same thing in far from heaven where it's yeah. just like i really want to do this but we should it and let's and oh actually we and also those old like douglas Sirk movies like the romances kind of go the same way uh i mean like that douglas Sirk like soapy romance they kind of develop and have their own tragedy but they also uh end up having some of the same conclusions it's really beautiful looking up his movies to see oh like imitation for life yeah all that yeah. heaven allows imitation yeah, yeah. Imitation i mean like uh, far from heaven or what is it called edge of heaven is of all, course all like, that heaven, all allows. heaven allows yeah, yeah. magnificent like, obsession that's another one that you're just like <laughs> i need a hug <laughs> yeah yeah that's great stuff you would love more of cirque's movies i think I have seen all I desire because he's um, shockproof. I just recently watched that this year. Okay. I'm, I'm Written on movie. the wind. Written by the wind. No, I haven't seen that one. Um, some of his um, movies are pretty hard to find. The First yeah. Legion. I've seen that one. Um, but yeah, I I uh, shockproof is very. There's just a lot of running, but Imitation mm. of Life. Boy, did that movie fuck my like it's actually a remake they they made us the original version of that movie and then they douglas sirk remade it mm. but the ending when juanita has passed away and her daughter who pretty much told her like do you not uh, never touch me like get away from me you know she mm. comes to the realization and then you know when she's dying she's like i want you know the black choir to sing to me and I always gave the milkman a $50 bill every year and mm. I want my carriage to be drawn by by horses. And then she's like dies in front of everybody. And just like you wonder, did she die because she'd just been working Juanita more um, in front of Lana Turner? Like, is she dying because she worked herself to death or was she just dying because like, sadly like that was how it used to be remember people used to die in their 50s and that was just yeah. considered absolutely normal just happened. Um, yeah yeah um i i just that scene where you know she, you know lana turner's character is actually like physically mourning this black woman that they've she finds in the beach and she figures out oh these people are homeless like i'm gonna bring them in and, and you know her six every time she had successes she brought them along with her and to the point where she won't get married to a man because he can't accept that that's her friend. Mm. And um, that that's that's another good pairing with Carol. Like it, it's definitely doesn't have the lesbian undertones, but it is the self-sacrificing that women will do out of social norms because they don't. They're like telling men like, "Get fucked!" Like I don't need you. Like <laughs> vibrators are going to be invented in fifteen years, buddy. You're not going <laughs> to be that important. You know what I mean? Like, sure. um, yeah. yeah, it's it's like the also the like in the i'm gonna say in the last five years like women's sexuality has not has been very open but mm. not in the way that non-identifying female think um how it's being discussed like there's a lot more publication on sexual pleasure or just discovering who you are because there is a group of people, I kid you not, it's there's a whole Reddit dedicated to them. That these teenagers dedicated themselves to being pure and untouched. And they get mm -hmm. married and they yeah. realize sex is not what it was gonna be because A, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You um 
kind of just you were promised that they said it was like the fruits of paradise if you waited till your husband touched you or whatever and sure. they like yeah. don't know what the fuck they're doing because they've just didn't they, do they've anything. never they yeah. never read like a dirty novel like i'll never forget the first dirty novel i read it was in the cut that became a mel yeah <laughs> uh, melanie Gara meg ryan movie i mm. mean that was a, like my dad's like oh it's a mystery you'll like it not okay. realizing because i've been reading noir and pulp like since i was a child like i would yeah. read rl stein and christopher pike and so my dad like found this book for a quarter at like um no oh, no i found it because i had to ask my dad for the quarter like dad can i have a quarter for this book at like some yeah. garage sale and unbeknownst to me it is having some fucking graphic sex and i'm like i'm a little too young to be reading this but this is you know the murder and all that like it's that's how it's, you learn eventually no nah, yeah. that's what piqued my interest and then i realized like wait if i read these books like it's not it's not if i read the smut like <laughs> nobody knows what i'm reading nothing has happened right yeah right, exactly. you've just it's consumed just like, something because a lot of people, you know, when you would tell when you in the especially in the 90s, you might have remembered like the bodice strippers, like the Fabio mm -hmm. covers. That's, yeah. that's what, what romance was uh, in the cut by <laughs> Suzanne Moore. That's it. And I also read a bunch of her other books. Uh, you you don't. Yeah, it's very it's a very odd place, which is why I love reading like my pulp novels. Like I mentioned before, I love reading these like Italian gallows because there's a murder. There's always sex and a twist. Sometimes the mm -hmm. twist is like on the second to last sentence. And you're like, wait, you owe me like 15 pages. Like, come back. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, discovery for women is being opened up and encouraged on all sides. And that's good. Yeah. It's like you can get a you can get whatever you want. And mm -hmm. I'm very proud of people who do that because there are, um, you know, like I'm getting advertised premenopausal things, and I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks mm. for making me feel fucking old. Like, sure. I talked to when I went to go see Depeche Mode. I met a ten year old girl, and I was like, well, that's I'm always tough. Kind of... <laughs> but she was actually really happy to be there. It was her first oh. time seeing Depeche Mode, and I was like, oh, cute. You know, it's kind of like when when I saw photos of you and your little one. At, that packs and i'm like oh my god it's gonna be an amazing adventure because she looked you both look so happy in those and i was just like we that's were. gonna be a memory that that's like disneyland like that's something you'll always remember you'll bring it up even when you know those days where you you're just like how did you go from being this adorable little girl to whatever's in front of me i know because mm -hmm. i did this to my parents and you know it's just it's it's that uh, but yeah, she was, um, she was very into my outfit. That's what drew her to me. And I was just like, oh, what, what is talking to me right now? Yeah. But, yeah. And, and the, but the thing with Carol is that the conversation I just had with you was not allowed back then. No. Like he imagined yeah. going like you, you know, you, you got like Friday night lights guy going, you know, I, I just don't feel like we're, we're romantically in pair imbalance and she's like yeah because i don't like you i don't like men um hey. i have a terrible time you make me feel like i'm gagging inside uh the mm. only reason why i wanted to have sex with you is so i can have my child so i can have my mm. little girl and um i really like sarah paulson and that's probably why he went all psycho on her like who goes into the middle of the night to go pick up their kid to go to buffalo right in the snow <laughs> And it's just a choice. Like, 
yeah it's like that that is an asshole move it's mm-hmm. like i swear he like goes into like what try and get like a late night fuck out of carol and then when he sees right. that therese is there he's like I- i'm going to buffalo mm. and therese is like did i just fuck this up because i feel like i did yeah but yeah it's 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 definitely it's such a great film because it's yeah everyone should there's so it. much everyone should watch there's so much longing it's beautifully shot definitely look up cinema cities um so you could see them talk about how they created 1959's um new york also can we talk about carol's car and how fucking sick that car is it's great yeah it's a good car I just love the tan. I it and it's like it's not even a tan. It's like a, the color is like a really odd green that yeah. you don't see on cars. Everything's that often. pretty green in the movie too, and it's a good vehicle for her. Yeah, I I just I just love this movie. Like it's one of those movies that um, if I could watch it at work and just like just have like the imagery going on, except but then like you know then I'd get in trouble and have a conversation with right. HR. It would be good but wallpaper if you were allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful film. It's like same thing with like in the mood for love. It's shot that way. It's like every, everything is just gorgeously done. Everything is just, just, oh my God, that final scene. It just takes my breath away every single time. Mm. It's really beautiful. And I'm glad you brought it to us here. And this has been a really good show. You think Uh, so? I mean, we're not going long, so I'm pretty proud about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think we did good here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Oh, I gotta be up early for the kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, I forgot to tell you. So during your Nicole Kipman episode, I do Mm. have two pieces of art of her AMC. um, Oh yeah. (laughs) I have one that my friend made me. That's her pick face where she's like, images dancing and the lights are behind her. That's so great. And then I have another one that I bought after I got my divorce. Um, and this is shout out to Gabrus, an amazing podcaster that like loves to do his impression of her because because here they are, you know, with her Australian <laughs> accent. Uh, he, um, I bought uh, Gabrus and the two old queens. They like did an episode together, and it was just all about the Nicole Kidman AMC ad. I think it's on the two old queens or uh, High and Mighty. So mm-hmm. I bought this print that was like heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And I bought it right when my divorce finalized. So I was like, what's a better way of like finalizing my divorce? What a statement. This is what I did when it was like when my divorce was all said and done. I went and watched a movie by myself and I'm like, I love this. I, I'm mm-hmm. so happy. I don't have to deal with another person. Um, when I always get asked what my marital status, is, I'm like happily divorced. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so I was just giggling when I was like, yeah, I have actually uh, two art pieces of Nicole Kidman in That's my great. house. Yeah, I'll I'll send you photos because I'm, I'm going to have to take them down for Christmas because I really want to put up my stockings and the, stuff. But the episode's really great, too. It's like the tier list is named after, you know, parts of her speech or her. Uh, <laughs> what would you call it? Her salute to cinema, her um, yeah. state of the nations for cinema goers at AMC. Yeah, I'm working my way through the witch episode, and I can't really. The reason why I say I'm working myself because I have to listen to that episode by myself because my boyfriend's okay, yeah. never seen it. I saw it in <laughs> okay. theaters, and I think I brought this up on the podcast when mm. we were talking about scary movies. Where I'm like, The Witch, Hereditary, those are a few of those movies where the audience stayed completely still in their seats, even when the lights came on. Yeah, you don't move. Yeah. We just kind of sat there, and the it's fact that. Arresting. He, 
he shot that on candlelight. He shot that uh, just the way that they spoke. Just it's also just a Taylor and Joy early movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, The Witch is one of those. It's like I can watch it again. It isn't like Old Boy when it was playing at SIF. I just dropped off my boyfriend, like, I'll pick you up. I'll meet you at Linda's. I'll get you a shot of whiskey because you're going to need it. Trust me on this. You're not. You will not be okay. But you really need to watch this movie. Like, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you um, please um, let me know also on the Discord that you have. I love popping in on there and just seeing what everyone's talking about it. Um, <laughs> shout out to Zebra. Zebra's always like talking to me. And I'm like, hey, thanks, Zebra. Um, oh. <laughs> I really thanks. It makes me feel special. Um, and anyone else I'm forgetting, I'm really sorry. But yeah, I um, please just also um, take care of yourself. Um, I know the holidays can be rough, um, especially for those people who have elected to either A, not talk to their family or be secluded. Yeah, um, it could be tough on everyone anyway. Even if you're with your family, you might oh my God, have a yeah, tough time. Me. It might be more <laughs> tough if you're with your yeah, family. It's... So take care of yourself. Yeah, and just remember... Um, Christmas was just a made-up holiday to deal with the pagans, and Jesus was really born in April, not in <laughs> December. And the reason why was because the three wise men wouldn't have all that cattle with them because they would have like you know just your wife and I. I can't wait for your wife and I to meet because we're gonna have some very interesting conversations. I think so. Um, I think it'll be good. So, but yeah. Anyways, so thank you again for having me on the podcast again. Yeah, it's always. Um, I didn't take it over. Thank God. Whew. You did great though, and uh, I think it's a good episode. That's a good um, statement about uh, Carol. I, I think it's a hard movie to talk around in some ways because you should just watch it. Yeah, just don't ever let him. Don't ever have your partner take away your kid. The <laughs> as Carol says in her in her divorce, I don't want my my daughter to one day grow old enough and read this and see what you did to me. Devastating. Thank you so much, Perla. It's been really great. Alrighty. Thank you. conversations and I post them online for entertainment it's nice to know at least you listen to the show because it's quite the possibility that nobody is listening to me in this modern world things have changed everybody's entertaining who's being entertained thank you for listening